Oh, welcome all of you people to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by affable idiots. What if that's how I talked? Like a nerd robot sent from space. I'm Chad Space Rock Michael Innes, and we have here Adam, core of the earth, Gumbert. How are you, Adam? Uh, actually, it's a hollow earth. That's where King Kong and his friends live, so <laughs> that's what's going on yes. with me. Hollow and earth, Gumbert. Nice, hollow dead ass. And also joining us, Raph regular, Alex. Oh, rocket belly. Because <laughs> you know, second are week you? in a row, <laughs> second week in a row, and I am shocked that once again he didn't introduce me with some sort of soup flavored introduction or pun. Well, you Shot. just need to broaden your mind into different brands of soup because Rocket Belly is the, what, the what hottest is German belly? soup. It goes Campbell's and then Rocket Belly. I'm yeah. my order of soups. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, for a long time, it was Chunky Second, but now it's Rocket Belly. Well, that's also Campbell's, though. You're also in Campbell's. Okay. I, I, I typed Rocket Belly into Google. The first thing that came up was some sort of like mm. gas station like 7-Eleven bubble tea store in like the Arlington airport. What? That's all fake. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. Wait, hold um, on. Hold on. Is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, don't type rocket space belly into Google because you'll get a oh, no. much, much different image that will come up. Now I want to know what that engine. is. Rocket belly. Oh, Let's dear. go. Safe search. off. Oh, chat. I'm just getting a guy who's doing sit-ups on a machine. I'm getting some rockets, and then I'm getting what looks like a chicken dinner. <laughs> you, you didn't get you didn't get an image of a certain guardian of the galaxy. No. Okay. Okay. So now I I hit images and specifically looked at Google Images, and yeah, I got bloaty rocket, which is just rocket with a giant ear belly. Nice. Very like good. That. And Fat Team Rocket, okay. Very good. Yeah, there's, for whatever reason, there's like a screen cap from the Pokemon anime that shows Jesse and James dressed up as like belly dancers from some old episode of the show. I don't remember this episode at all. Well, they have a Lucario in there. That was before I stopped, or after I stopped watching. Rocket Belly! You can catch Rocket Belly here most Sundays on twitch.tv slash idiots at 8.30pm Eastern Time. We're a little early today. Well, guess what? Suck it. And then on demand on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings at 9am Eastern Time. We've got a little bit of stuff for you today. Some light news on sales figures. Some fun segments, though, to make up for it. we got a returning game. We got another game... But first, we're going to talk about Pokemon succeeds and fails. What? This comes from Jenny Zhang at GameSpot. I'm sure you all know Parkament, Pokemon. <laughs> Parkament. Parkament Scarlett Johansson and, <laughs> and Violet has had a fantastic launch and it sold a record-setting amount. Surprise! According to Nintendo, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has sold over 10 million units worldwide in just three days after its release on November Not 18th. Yeah, yeah. That's a very respectable number. That's Not respectable. Bad. Let's see how it compares. <gasps> what? That's the most copies sold worldwide in three days for any Nintendo game ever, according to the press release. In just a weekend, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sold close to how much Diamond and Pearl have sold in their lifetime, which is 14.92 million units. 
And Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee also moved 14.8 million units in lifetime sales as well. Uh, however, despite its success, ScarJo did not launch. That's now what I'm referring to Scarlet and Violet as, is ScarJo. I like it. Um, and did not launch without controversy. As many players have, con have commented on the game's performance, here's the bad from Tom Ivan at VGC. Bunch of Pokemon fans and players are seeking refunds for their games, and some of them are doing it and getting success, and some of them are doing it and getting shut down like a nerd at a bar. <laughs> the well-documented performance issues that we've... I think we briefly mentioned some of them last week, where like this game is just like... It chugs, it's, things are broken, glitches galore. Um, there's been no public statements from Nintendo about planned title updates, uh, and they've led to a number of players attempting to get their money back with some success. One Reddit user wrote... I got a refund from the eShop last night of Violet after feeling the game is not in a state I feel is acceptable for a AAA release. The rep actually told me that given the situation regarding the state of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, she would elevate my case to ensure the refund was approved. It was approved an hour later. However, the other users, specifically those in the, Euro in the European Union, the EU, uh, say, quote, the EU support is unworkable, sadly, said one Reddit user. I tried over hours with different people, nothing. I tried the North American support, and they were super cooperative, but sad they cannot approve refunds for non-American accounts. So that game sold a ton, but not everyone who bought it wants it. I feel I yeah, real it, bad Alex. because over the course of this past week, uh, I've been chatting with a bunch of people on a bunch of other Discord servers I'm a part of uh, who have been playing through these games, and universally, across the board, everyone pretty much agrees that these games are real good. The other night I was like just chatting with a couple of friends while they were shiny hunting in Scarlet and Violet. And they were like, yeah, this game's a lot of fun. And I'm like, man, if the games were just in slightly more workable order, I'd be playing the shit ton out of them. But right now with like so many other games barreling down on me that I want to get out of the way before the end of the year, like they just don't look very attractive with all these bugs and technical issues. Still we'll get them, but as I said last time around, I'm going to wait until they're in just a little bit more of a workable state. Agreed. Do you guys think there's any chance that this like I mean obviously it's too late for the game awards specifically, right? But is there any any chance that this game will win like other outlets game award game of the year. I feel like it's not even like, mentioned in that discussion right now. No, I feel it's like people are like, yes, it's wonderful and it's awesome. But then there's always that, but of that it runs like dog shit in a, in a skate park that's been shut down for 30 years. And uh, I feel like that just means like, there's no way that it should be on anybody's game of the year list. I got to be honest. You always have to say that. I would not be surprised to see a few outlets, you know, maybe not, give it game of the year because i think that's going to be a a tough sell no matter what angle you look at it from even if you ignore all the bugs and glitches that these games have but i do think it will see a little bit more of a presence on a lot of individual outlets uh game of the year lists than you're i think we're expecting it to here's another question for you there are two pokemon games well three if you count scarlet scarjo has two games on the docket this year do you think this one would win over like, if it came down to Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon ScarJo, which one do you think would win Game of the Year? Hmm. Because uh, they both run like poop. <laughs> Arceus didn't run as poopy. It's just, like, yeah. a very limited uh, draw distance on a game where you're supposed to be able to, like, spot a Pokemon over there from the sky and all that kind of stuff. 
yeah, I'm gonna have to guess Scarlet like and Violet because it's a it is a mainline Pokemon game that did different things. I think even with the issues, they're like, well, but it's what I've always wanted from a Pokemon game. I feel like that would bump yeah. it over Arceus. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because I can see like equal arguments for both games. I will say, like, I remember there being incredible excitement at Pokemon Legends Arceus when it was first announced, and that excitement diminished and diminished and diminished over time uh, as we learned that it wasn't going to look or run as well as we all wanted it to. And then it came out, and it was, like, you know, well-received. This game, I feel like the kind of excitement for this game was kind of muted from the outset because it's like oh man two big pokemon games in one year how good is this going to be is this going to be much of a step up from the last one and i feel like if anything despite the really horrendous bugs and glitches it managed to really exceed people's expectations and so i do feel like scarlet and violet do have that going for them so here's the last thing. Porkchop in the chat here. What's up, Porkchop? Says they got to stop making Pokemon games till Switch 2, honestly. Do you think after this uh, game just sold more copies in three days than any other Nintendo game in history, you think ScarJo is going to put the kibosh on any more Pokemon games? Or do you think Nintendo's going to be like, Game Freak, let's keep going. Turn them out. Turn them out. We don't care how they run. I would hope that. Mr. Nintendo and Mr. Game Freak are having a few conversations now about how Game, Game Freak, Freak can, produce, <laughs> can improve on upon their production pipeline. I don't even know what you just said under your breath, man. I said Mr. Game Freak. It's just funny to me. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I, I would hope that that's happening behind closed doors. Uh, but yeah, they're going to continue putting these games out. No way they're going to stop. I agree. I honestly don't even think that... Uh... I, I don't know. I, I would like to believe that Nintendo recognizes the issue and is at least aware of it and realizes it for the issue that it is. I don't I do not have faith that Nintendo realizes how big of an issue it is that the most popular IP on the planet is selling tens of millions of broken glitch games. Not broken, I guess, because you can still complete them and have fun with them, but very, very glitchy games. Like, do they realize how big of a of a PR disaster that is, of like a gamer trust disaster that is. I, but I don't know if Ninten Nintendo doesn't seem to get the message on any other things, including their online service, including all sorts of stuff. So I don't trust well, that they're going to take that into account. I, I mean, look, like you raise a good point, which is that if if one of their flagship titles is making money hand over fist like this, like it's easy to see a world in which Nintendo just goes, uh, you know, water under the bridge, who cares? But, I mean, you know, if there's one thing that Nintendo's games are known for, it's, you know, being, you know, from a technical standpoint, uh, very, very, very well polished. You know, like, it, it is more often that you will have a Nintendo game that is by the numbers and traditional and not particularly innovative, but still very, very well polished versus a super experimental Nintendo game that's not very well polished. And so I feel like just because it has an internal standards, we might see Nintendo push back a little bit more on Mr. Game Freak than we might expect them to. But yeah, I don't know. I want to try. I want to compare this to like, I know you had a different experience with it than I did, but like, what if Ubisoft released Mario Rabbids in the state that Pokemon ScarJo is in? Like it's broken. Like I, I feel like Nintendo would like, there's a breach of trust there. There's a breach of of quality that Nintendo would like, they would take some action. Maybe they don't get another game. Maybe they don't, maybe they cut a licensing deal with them that they had previously. Whereas like, I feel like Pokemon company and game freak 
Nintendo's not going to... Like, I feel like Pokemon Company and Game Freak, Nintendo's like, thank God you're on our platform. Thank you for letting us continue to, to mooch off of you and your success. Whereas when they're handing it out to other third parties, uh, that first party IP where they're like, hey, we have a quality borrowed uphold. I feel like that's what I feel like. I, I, I don't see them treating Pokemon Company the same way that they would treat Ubisoft in the same situation. I feel like they're a little bit beholden, not beholden. I feel like they are at Pokemon Company's will right now. And so they're not going to really give them any kind of substantial consequence. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And what's unfortunate is that, like, because Nintendo and its partner studios are such black boxes in terms of knowing what's going on at them, like, you don't really have, like, a big Jason Schreier-style expose, like, telling all about what's going on at them behind closed doors. We probably will not know for quite some time, if ever. Yep. All right, that's it for Pokemon Scar, Joe. Adam, you have any thoughts to add before we move on? No, just like very impressive numbers, and uh, they will continue to put out these quality games as long as you keep buying them. Yes, but I they hope everyone's will. having fun. You know. All right, let's move on to playtime, where we talk about what we played last week. And by special request, Alex has asked that I go before him, and therefore I will go before everyone. So oh, here okay. is what I played. I just want to give a plug to God of War Ragnarok. I don't think I technically played it this week, but we recorded a spoiler chat for it. Uh, that is live over on YouTube and podcast services. Check that out. Once you've beaten the game, there is no non-spoiler part to that chat. So make sure you beat the game first before you jump in there and listen to that. We also have on my list Magic Arena, man. Magic the Gathering Arena, that iOS card game. I am uh I bought the season pass. So yeah, I am in. I am in. I have put money into this game. I am in. I've gotten one of my friends who lives nearby to uh suckered him into downloading it as well so i am i'm in this ecosystem and i'm having i'm having a lot of fun got a good werewolf hey, deck going right now what's that behind you Mjolnir's hammer a reef no i thought you were in an aquarium because you're a whale my bad ah uh, nice got his ass got his ass nice. got, his ass. got <laughs> me you got me good you got me good um last thing this is oh big spooky <laughs> spooky the the big what's going on uh let's talk about horizon forbidden west everybody let's here's the deal i'm gonna talk about this maybe for the next like five minutes i feel like i can't talk about my feelings on this game without spoiling parts of horizon zero dawn so if you are a person that absolutely does not want to hear spoilers for a 2017 game then you need to stop listening for the next five minutes all right, so here we go. Horizon Forbidden West. I am 14 hours into this game. I was very excited for it. It came out the day after my birthday. I was so pumped. Uh, I love Horizon Zero Dawn, so I was really pump pumped for the sequel. I thought Horizon Zero Dawn was one of the like most refreshing, cool new sci-fi stories that I'd heard in a long time. I was super invested in that world and that lore. And after 14 hours of Horizon Forbidden West, I am just, I am so bored and burnt out, and I'm not interested in anything that's going on right now. Here's why. I think what made Horizon 1 so great for me was, one, that there's this new novel, like, gameplay method of, like, hey, there's these giant robot dinosaurs, and you have to pick them apart through, like, 
clever strategy of where you're going to put a trap or how you're going to lure them into something or what parts of them you're going to strategically dismember and then blow their faces off with their own weapons. Like that was really cool. And that was something that I hadn't seen in that way in a very long time. So that drew me into Horizon 1. There's that whole mystery of like, what is this world in the future? But suddenly it's like populated by primitive people. But again, it's the story. It's this, the idea that, hey, we, we accidentally created these machines that are going to destroy planet earth and we can't stop it and so what we're going to do is we're going to stage this fake military attack on these machines even though we know that they are going to fail but we're going to use that as a distraction so that we can get this ai that's going to rebuild the world after everything is completely wiped out and get that ai going again and we're going to bring in the world's best minds but here's the twist whenever they get here once we tell them what's going on they can't leave. And if they decide they don't want to work on it, we have to kill them like euthanasia. And just like looking through the audio logs and uh, the text logs and just seeing people talk about it and their struggle with that choice of like, now I know this thing and I cannot take this and freak people on the, uh, on the rest of the world out or else this won't be successful and humanity will be wiped out forever. Like that was so interesting to me. And those stories and those accounts that you stumble upon were so enthralling that I felt like I had to get to the next one. And now let's get to why Forbidden West is not clicking for me. I think structurally, I was frustrated with the first like five or six hours or so because it felt exactly the same as Horizon Zero Dawn. There was, for some reason, the champion of Meridian who banished all the machines and Hades is like back to square one has shitty armor has one weapon and she's picking up prototype versions of weapons that she already maxed out at the end of the last game like it's it's that metroid thing where you have to find all your shit again but it doesn't give you a good reason why you have to find all your shit again and why you're not good with it mm -hmm. yet if i can if i can just issue a quick little interruption uh, yeah. but an interruption relevant to what you're talking about mm -hmm. how did we all feel about the way that god of war handled it because god of war does a very similar thing where you're more or less set back to square zero and they only have one line of dialogue in the entire game that explains why and it's kratos just being like we used them or we gave them away yeah i was like oh what happened to your shield or what happened to your weapons or whatever i was like i used it <laughs> i was like okay but there were still things in God of War Ragnarok where I felt like we retained, like the ability to block a projectile and fling it back at somebody was just inherently yeah. there. Whereas it was, that was like a late level unlock in the first game. Like there were a lot of techniques that were still there. Sure, some of them you did have to unlock again, but you have the blades, you have the axe, you have a lot of yeah. those techniques. Yeah, I personally, like, I honestly did not mind God of War Ragnarok's explanation all too much. I'm of the belief that I feel like a lot of these franchises that reset their main characters at the beginning of the game after they built up all their powers at the end of the previous need to like almost not even address it. I know that sounds really counterintuitive. I know a lot of people are like, why would you like gloss over something like that? But like, I remember back in the day playing Metroid Prime 3. Metroid Prime 3 never offers any kind of explanation as to why Samus Aran is depowered coming off of the end of Metroid Prime 2. And I honestly never even thought of it throughout the entire game because it never pointed it out. So I, I think more games need to just kind of be like, yeah, we don't even need to address it. But I have distracted you a little bit too much from your diatribe, Chad. I apologize. No worries. Talk I, I, think, about I think part of what bothers me a little bit more in Forbidden West, too, is that the game is so centered around using a ton of different weapons in a, in a bunch of ways to bring down machines in cool and interesting methods. And 
and to go back to then not having any of those things that you've like figured out how to use so well in the last game and then you have to pick them up. And again, in this one, they're also like prototype versions of these things too. So they're like, oh man, we have this spear shooter thing. It's like, yeah, but I had something very similar in the first one. Like, why is this one a piece of shit that I have to test out now and make better and better? So I was bummed by that, but I was also bummed by like, it's it's a big several hour training area with then a big combative event that happens that then unlocks the rest of the map for you. It just felt like I'm playing the same game again, uh, which I was like, that first game was cool, but I also played it twice three times so i don't need to play it again but i think the last part of of what's not clicking for me particularly about forbidden west is that there's no interesting like human connection to it there's no um there's no people that i'm really deeply invested in through aloy specifically like aloy in fact goes out of her way to distance herself from others i was gonna bring that up aloy is she's Anyone who's an interesting character, she's like, no, I have to do it on my own. And yeah. that's just every t- every time. That's what she does. Sun King's like, hey, I want to, I want, you would you matter? Would you come back here and like be the queen and rule with me? I'm, I think I would love to ha- make you my wife. And she's like, mm, sorry, I have this thing to do. And she always talks in that really I mean, like exactly. And she's like, voice. I'm the chosen one. I have to do everything by myself. Leave yeah, me alone. To be I'm fair, the if I feel one. like if I was in Aloy's position, I would turn that down. Like, I don't want to marry the Sun King or whoever. Well, well it's not just him though. It's, it's every no, it's, friend it's that she everyone. has. It's Aaron, it's Varl, it's it's every person she comes across. She's like, mm, sorry, I can't get involved. Don't want to know too much about your personal life. I'm gonna go kill this right. thing by I, myself. I'm just saying that one specific example of, hey, why don't you get married to me is a little bit like I, I can sort of sympathize with Aloy at that point. But oh, but I get what you're driving at. I'd marry a queen if she asked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, she's I don't get any connection through her. And um I'm going to compare this again to Ragnarok. No spoilers for Ragnarok in this, but I'm going to compare this a little bit to Ragnarok. In this game, there are huge stakes. The world and human existence is at stake. Uh, But there's no immediate evidence in front of me of why I should be invested in that. And I feel like, again, Aloy should be that conduit to tell me why that's important, but she's not. She She is a tool. She is a pawn in this story that I am just controlling to make this this apocalyptic event stop. Whereas Ragnarok, similarly, had a really huge epic stakes, but at its core, it was still a story about relationships and parenthood and trust and change and dealing with these people while Ragnarok is going on. And so Forbidden West has none of that in it so far. Um, so I feel like, yeah, there's there's big stakes and it feels very much like really giant save the world video game tropes. And you get to cool, kill cool shit while doing it. And that's great. Every game does not need to be a deep character-driven narrative, though those are the ones that I'm usually drawn to the most. They can just be fun, and that's totally fine. My problem is that like the gameplay is is a little refined, but it's not a huge difference from the first game. And again, I put 80 to 100 hours in that first game already. And so far in this first 14, like I'm... I'm just not finding anything different enough about it to drive me to want to complete it. So I think I'm done with Forbidden West for now. And for the record, uh, for anyone who has played it and like, have you gotten to this part yet? It's like, I don't know any spoilers about the rest of the game without saying anything spoilery. Like I have got, I've been introduced to a new type of mysterious people that I don't know about. So like I've gotten to a significant turning point in the story, but I still like, again, I don't care about them and they don't seem super interesting to me. That's has it. 
your frustrations with Horizon Forbidden West at all dampened your excitement for Call of the Mountain. Mm. No, here's the difference. VR is all about just like scale and immersion and being just like, look at that fucking dinosaur foot, that beautiful dinosaur foot. That's all I want <laughs> from VR. And if it has a really cool narrative to it, that's just icing on the cake. But right now it's in its infancy where it's, it is very much a, a like gimmick based experience where I'm just, I'm just happy to be experiencing a world in VR. So I don't have those expectations right now for VR games, but eventually I'm sure several years into the future as that, that system and that platform matures. I'll think differently. And that's it. That's all I played this week. Uh, Adam, since you were so adamant that I went... Sorry, Alex. Since you were so adamant that I went first so that you could follow me up, tell me about what you played. So, it's funny, Chad. You played a huge, big Game of the Year contender game this year, and you walked away kind of dejected from it. I, over the course of this past week played a game that wasn't really in the game of the year conversation, kind of got good to tepid, tepid reviews that I nevertheless thoroughly enjoyed, Adam. Mm. Now, I know you're probably wondering, Adam, why am I calling you out? <coughs> I am calling you out, Sir Adam, because... Sonic Frontiers, yes. <laughs> November 27th, 2022, at 1.29 p.m., you tweeted, played and beaten three games that have been in game of the year talks. What's going to be the fourth best because I need more laughing emoji? I responded to you, Sonic Frontiers. And you responded, I could also stare at a wall. <laughs> I could. <laughs> you could do that. But if you did that, you would be missing out on uh, maybe not a game of the year quality game, but a shockingly enjoyable experience thus far. Uh, of course, Sonic Frontier is not a game I was entirely committed to playing before the end of the year until y'all voted on it as being the game that I had to play before the end of the year via our Respawn Aim Fire Barf Paul for November and December. Let me tell you, this game, this game scratches an itch that I didn't know needed to be scratched. Um, this game is sort of divided up into two different segments. You have like the kind of open-ended, open-world, Breath of the Wild style, uh, style kind of part of the game. And then you have cyberspace levels, uh, which you have to dip into and out of to collect keys to advance the story. And the cyberspace levels are more like akin to traditional Sonic levels from prior 2D and 3D games. The cyberspace levels, pretty fun, pretty good, well-designed, you know, insofar as, you know, uh, they are still Sonic levels. So if you don't like that sort of thing, you know, probably not going to vibe with them here, but they are good fun. Uh, but the open world itself, also really fun. It is genuinely a blast to get around running and jumping and grind railing through Sonic Frontiers is sort of various open worlds because this is not a like singular open world it does the pokemon legends arceus thing of having multiple different open zones um it, it just like i, I thought that i'd kind of by this point kind of seen everything that the kind of like open world genre especially the kind of more breath of the wild style open world genre had to offer but like just the sheer kind of movement physics getting around in this game feels like so genuinely fresh even though i've you know experienced a lot of, of what this game has to offer in prior sonic games the one you know major issue with this game is this game 
runs very well. Like there are not like a lot of major like show stopping glitches or performance issues to speak of, but there is a lot of pop in. And what that means is that more often than not, it can be quite difficult from a distance to see how you're supposed to get to a certain point because the rails in question that will allow you to get to that point haven't popped in. You can like put down a marker on the map to mark some sort of item that you want to collect in the open world. But until you get super duper close to that item, you won't be able to see the rails in the sky that will lead you to it. That so sounds like a, a big deal for a game where you got to move really fast and like have like Twitch I, response. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where like you get used to it because the game just genuinely feels that good. If that makes any sense. Okay. Like, like you, you, you play it enough and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm expecting a certain level level of jank out of it. And once I've come to expect that certain level of jank, everything just sort of feels right. Um, other thing I will say, the quality of the writing in this game, surprisingly not that bad. The, the whole thing about this game is they brought on um, one of the writers of the like Sonic Archie comics, which have been going on for like quite some time now and were renowned for featuring like surprisingly more complex uh, adult sonic stories not adult as in sonic kissing <laughs> a human woman but like adult as in like you know de dealing with serious themes and subject matter um and so far even though i'm not super far into the story i can always already see that reflected in the writing what is a little bit surprising in a negative way though is sonic himself and also by extension i would say eggman as well definitely are not giving the same kind of cartoonish performance that I feel like we're typically used to uh, coming out of Sonic and Eggman. I feel like for a lot of people that have not been keeping up with the Sonic games, the kind of like number one point of reference that they have for how Sonic sounds is the way Sonic sounds in the Super Smash Bros. games. Whenever he's like, come on, step it up. You're too slow. The Sonic in this game, even though it's the same voice actor and everything, is like two or three pitches lower than that. It's really weird, but... I am still interested in seeing where the story's going, so that is a big plus in its book. To be honest, all that my, said, Adam, my touchstone for Sonic's voice is the old-ass cartoon shows where eating chili dogs. It's like Julia White, like Steve Urkel, Sonic. Yeah, it's, that's, that's it's my like touchstone. It's <laughs> like seven, seven, seven keys lower than that. So I'm all that waiting. said, Adam, <laughs> all that said, Adam, do you revoke mm. what you said about wanting to stare at a wall as opposed to playing this game? No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad it doesn't. I'm glad it doesn't suck. That's a good thing to good thing to see because I enjoy a Sonic game here and there. So to hear that it's not garbage is a big positive for me. I don't know if I'm going to go spend sixty dollars for it, but you know, I'm more interested now if it's like on sale or on Game Pass or something. It is. Uh, I, I was seeing it like pretty discounted uh, on like a Black Friday sale. I don't know if this is it on was the PlayStation all, Store or whatnot. It was all physical, like all the discount. It was forty percent off yeah. physical, and if it would have been, it was still full price digital. If it would have been on sale digital, I hundred percent would have picked it up. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other games I've been playing this week, I remembered. Oh yeah, that's right. I have an Xbox Series X and I have Game Pass. Are there not some cool games on Game Pass that I can check out before the end of the year? Oh, yeah, that's right. Immortality, uh, another game that I know has been much revered on this podcast. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I enjoy it a little bit less in telling lies, but I still think, and I you know, tweeted this out after I completed it, I still think it is impressive that you know Sam Barlow and company have managed to produce three different FMV games in a row that all feel kind of so different from each other in terms of the way that you navigate through them in terms of 
what they're about, subject matter, narratives, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it, how much? How much? How much into spoilers do we want to get with this one? I have not I played would... it at all yet. Yeah, I did. Okay. Buy Don't do any mechanic an... stuff. Well, here's the thing, Alex. You know what the spoilers are. Yeah. So let's not do those. Okay. Here's what I'll say: jumping around, skirting around spoilers as much as possible. The mechanic by which you find the secret, super secretive stuff in this game, is really cool and unexpected um but once i discovered that stuff i was kind of left wishing that a lot of the kind of like more weirder video files you could access in the game kind of just occurred a little bit more naturally it's entirely possible that if you don't realize this one mechanic you'll go through the entire game without even realizing like th that there's anything weird or strange going on in a lot of the footage you're reviewing you got to turn off like safe search. Spoilery. That's the mechanic. You got to know to turn off safe search. Yeah, turn off the <laughs> turn off the sexy filter, and you're good to go. Maybe, maybe that is what it is. Um, so yeah, overall, I I enjoyed it a lot. I just I think going into it, I was expecting it to be a little bit more of like a found footage style game where I'm naturally going to uncover. Uh, kind of what went afoul just by normally reviewing the footage, kind of like what happened with telling why uh, telling lies. Um, but overall I had fun with it and, you know, as usual, all the performances, uh, in it are great, uh, as was the case with Sam Barlow's other games. So yeah, had a lot of fun with that. And again, I do hope at some point we can have a spoilery talk on it because there, let me tell you, Chad, you are not prepared for where this game is going to go in terms of what happened to this particular actress. In I'm going to play it in the next two weeks. I I bought an $8 one month Game Pass Ultimate thing just for this game. So it I'm is ready. so much more out there than you can anticipate. Um, another game that I played via Xbox Game Pass that I, no joke, literally just rolled credits on uh, before we did this podcast uh, was Vampire Survivors. And I. Ooh, very really, good. <laughs> really thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, I was not expecting this game to like really scratch the same sort of itches cookie clicker in terms of it being this game where you grind, 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 you gotta like really kind of put in a lot of effort. And then eventually you kind of pass a tipping point where you get so powerful and the kind of damage numbers that you're doing on your weapons get so high that you can kind of just move around and relax. And it almost becomes like an idle game. Uh, I, I will say, like, this game does have a few segments in it. For those of you who might be listening to um, this podcast, might not be familiar with Vampire Survivors. It's basically a twin stick shooter where there is no, like, active shooting or fighting done on your part. All you do is you just collect and upgrade weapons, and then those weapons automatically fire on their own. And so eventually like after you have collected enough weapons and upgraded them enough you get to the point where like you're just this ball of death rolling around killing whatever you kind of come in close proximity to um as you kind of progress further along the game's golden path you do encounter a few levels that kind of mix things up a little bit and kind of pit you against weird uh scenarios where you're fighting enemies that don't function the way you expect them to and some bosses that definitely are able to kind of like lay the smack down on you if you're not prepared but there are a little few and far between and by the time that i rolled credits i was kind of kind of wishing the game had had a few more of those um when the you know 
Game of the Year Awards nominees were announced. I saw a lot of people saying Vampire Survivors should have been nominated for Game of the Year. This game is a Game of the Year candidate. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that on account of the fact that, again, I just was hoping for a little bit more of that creativity in its golden path. But the game is incredibly refined, incredibly fun, and definitely one of my favorite experiences of the year. I think it should have, at the very least, gotten a a little bit more of a nod than it received. Uh, and yeah, don't know how much more of the game I'm going to play because I do want to get to some other stuff, but I really enjoyed the week I spent with this one. Dope. I know for like when Steam Deck just came out, aside from emulators, that was like the number one thing I heard people were playing was Vampire Survivors. That was like the Steam Deck game. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you've got a couple things on here. I think S stands for Sifu, which I forgot I played as well, but I'm curious your thoughts so far on, on that. On Sifu, yeah, I beat Sifu. You so, beat it, sweet. Yeah, I've done my thing for gaming there. Well, I've beaten it. Sifu's all about you know you can go back and try to do best scores and try to improve your age, the other thing. But yeah. I have beaten every boss and scenario in the game. Uh, so yeah, played through Sifu, enjoyed it. It's a fun time. I really like the mechanic of dying age. It puts kind of like oh man, I can't keep messing up. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep going. Um, it's just like the slow progression of like. You know, like I need to keep getting better at my Kung Fu. So I'm going to keep putting the points into this so it locks unlocks permanently. So I'll have it with me for every run. So now I can always kick chairs at people, which is a great move. Knocks people down all the time. It, it's very, it feels like a nuanced, again, it's not a fighting game. I guess, I guess you would say it's a roguelike Souls Kung Fu game. Kind of, yeah. I suppose that's yeah. the closest thing you can say to it. Um, and yeah, I finished it and I had a good time with it. I'll see how much I go back and do. But I might have gotten my uh, might have gotten my everything out of it that I need to get out of it. But I think it's very cool, very solid. Uh, I was Jay, playing how much today. Did you play? I, yeah. I was playing. I played maybe about ninety minutes of it today, for the first time, and I was I got through the like I don't know first mini boss in the club, and I kept mm, dying. Okay. I didn't understand how you reset progress, and so I was it's kept I kept dying, and it's like. You can retry this one or choose another location. And I was like, I don't have any more locations that I've unlocked yet. I can't go to another location. So I just kept restarting this level at age 58. <laughs> That's tough. Age 58. Yeah. So I think you die was, at like 70. It's like it's over, over. Yeah. If you die after 70, you die, die. So I was like, how do I do this? Do I have to like delete my save file and restart? And then I went online and I was like, what's a good level to, what's a good age to beat the first level at? And people are like, uh, I think 24 is good. And I was like, what? And I'm like, but definitely try to get 20. And I was like, I got 58. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, you just choose the first level again and you just try to do yeah, it better. And then you it. just continue to progress. I was like, oh, okay. So now that I know that, I'm going to go back to the first level and just like try to keep it in the 20s. Yeah, I would say, I think, so I know people were, some people were like, oh man, my favorite game of the year, da, da, da. I don't know if I put that far. I like it a lot. I don't know if I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever played. I will say the art direction is some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. You're not yeah. there yet, but I think it's level three, the museum. That might be my favorite looking thing in, in the fucking of the year. Holy really? shit. It's just Dope. like every room is like, it's an art exhibit. And just every room is some crazy nonsense over the top thing that is like, it, because the game is sort of like realistic, like what was it, was it called like a surrealism? Where it's like realistic, but like weird stuff happens all the time that wouldn't be possible, but it's not like out of the bounds of possibility kind of a yeah. thing. And the museum is just that. 
it, everything is surrealism constantly. Uh, museum is the best design level of the year for sure. Dope. Can't wait. Um, let's see. Like I've got to wear platinum. We did the spoiler cast. All I had to do was beat two more people that you have to fight at the end of the game. You guys know who those are. So they had fun with that. One of them literally couldn't do. And then I upgraded my armor to level nine. All of a sudden beat him in the first try. I was like, interesting. <laughs> nice. I literally could not beat that person. Oh, I'm talking like 15 times. The most difficult thing I've ever done. Upgraded my armor. No problem. First try. That was interesting. But I, I had I got to, on, on all of those really hard people, I, I dropped it down to, to give me story mode. I was like, I can't. Yeah, nothing I wrong can't with that. Those are yeah. tough fucking fights. Yep. I get it. Yeah, I, I know the fights you're talking about. I have not made a dent on them yet. Partially because I was so busy playing Vampire Survivors. But yeah, I got to get yeah. around to those. The one, the, the man in the snow, not not so bad. Because, I you know, I fought his minions and I knew how to fight him. The one in Muspelheim, fucking no idea what the fuck was going on there. <laughs> I basically had to change armor and everything. But anyways, got the Platinum, Dumb God of War, sealed up and ready to go. And then uh, I played Battlefield 2042. Because oh. it was free on Game Pass, and I wanted to play a shooter. I tried playing Warzone 2, but I didn't have anyone to play with. Don't play Warzone 2 by yourself. It sucks. It's awful. <laughs> it's the worst experience of all time. Um, if I have some friends, I'll play it. It's still installed. But I was like, let me play Battlefield. It's more of a squad-based. Even randoms are going to work well with you. So I played a little bit of that just to pass the time. I'm really just waiting for December 2nd at this point. Yep. So. Yep. Whenever we December get there, we'll 2nd. Get Callisto Protocol, right? That's what you're waiting for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's coming on up so soon, so soon. Yeah, yeah. like on Friday. It's a shame there's nothing that's like going to compete with Callisto Protocol. I, like it's got. I know it's no other games wild. at all. It's yeah. wild. No strategy, you know, strategy games that are basically Fire Emblem Marvel. Nothing like that at all. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Hate to see it. No JRPGs. Walk away. That will show another side of the fantastic universe of final fantasy 7 <laughs> no that literally doesn't count that's not a real video game <laughs> that's it speaking of god of war platinum let's jump into our quest log say kratos and the boy do well this comes from george yang at ign you know our boy george boy george <laughs> Sony has revealed that God of War Ragnarok is the fastest selling first party game launch in PlayStation history. And if you're sounding if you're saying that sounds like the exact same headline you just read earlier about Pokemon, it is it is Mad Lib's fastest selling game in history week. Uh, you just insert the new game and insert the first party studio, bam, you got it. Revealed in a tweet, 5.1 million copies of God of War Ragnarok were sold during its debut week. As the post points out, uh, this naturally means that it set a God of War franchise record as well. It presumably includes both the PS4 and PS5 copies as well as physical and digital sales. Uh, but several games spread across two platforms have come and gone before it without hitting such a record. By comparison, God of War 2018, so its predecessor, passed 23 million copies sold on PS4 and PC as of November 2022. And back in October of last year, it was reported that the game sold 19.5 million copies, but its launch on PC pushed it to a new audience. So, uh, God of War Ragnarok did well. That's still, like, that's wild that that's the fastest selling game, and it's still only half of what Pokemon just did at Nintendo. That's, even though I feel like it is such a, such a better game. But, um, yeah, congrats, Sony. Congrats, God of War. Congrats, Sony Santa Monica. Yeah, very good. That does point out. Even as much, you know, shit as I give Pokemon, that's a Pokemon's the biggest thing in the fucking world. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. like when God oh, of yeah. War is five point one, the best fastest selling 
that's and again sony is like one of the le- one of the leaders in in all of video games this is their biggest property 5.1 it's like oh that's half what pokemon did it's like god yeah god damn what's going on with po- pikachu out now, here kicking ass to be honest to be honest uh pokemon's rated e for everyone and god that's of war's true. rated mature mm-hmm. there's a lot of fucks coming out of brock's mouth yeah so but pikachu fucks <laughs> pikachu <laughs> does like there's a lot of deviant art brock is pikachu actually fucks. so brock actually showed up uh, kind of recently in the Pokemon anime because they did like a big <laughs> tournament arc where they brought back a bunch Dwarf of old Brock. characters. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> we were talking about Dwarf Brock from Ragnarok. Damn it. But also, I'm sure I'm sure Brock with his big solid onyx, I bet he fucks too. I mean, I, I honestly don't really know. So con- continuing my... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sentence from earlier. Yeah, they you brought him. Fucks. They brought him back recently. The thing about Brock is he actually he quit the show. Uh, not quit the show, but like he quit Ash's company to go and be a Pokemon doctor. And doctor, we've not really gotten any kind of insight into the kind of people that he works with because, as we all know, Nurse Joy, a nurse, not a doctor, so that he means he's not working around Nurse Joy. So we don't know if he is you know having a good time with them pokemon doctors or if he's just sad and by himself being brock you know speaking of brock and god of war but brock and pokemon in the anime he was horny uh, yeah he, he, was, he was horny as fuck every, every, every yep. nurse joy every one of them he's like oh boy yeah it, it is one of those funny things to go back and watch the pokemon anime and be like oh wow wow like those early episodes were Way more inappropriate than you remember them. <laughs> and Misty was always hating on him. She was yeah. like, "Stop it, Brock." He's like, "I'm trying to get something." He did relax. <laughs> and then in, in each in each kind of like subsequent like season of the show, like when Misty left the party, they would always introduce some new Pokemon or person to do that to him. Uh, in like in the last season before Brock left the show, Brock caught Krogunk, which is like a fighting poison like frog Pokemon. <laughs> no. No, not Kump Jump. Krogunk. Uh and Krogunk would stab Brock every time he would try to flirt on people. You know what the the true irony of it is that poor poor man he can't get his onyx wet or else it'll faint. No fucking college sports, says Ryan Dinsdale to IGN. Speaking of dirty mouths, Ryan Dinsdale. EA has announced that its highly anticipated EA Sports College Football won't be released until summer 2024. Speaking to oh, ESPN. Real quick, yeah. This is specifically, was it for Smitty? Someone specifically was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm mad. Or you know. brought it up to some. I honestly had no idea this game even was coming until it apparently got delayed. So, Well, it got delayed. Uh, speaking to ESPN, EA Vice President and General Manager Daryl Holt said the long wait from college football's announcement in early 2021 is due to them building the game from scratch. Uh, that's quote. This is the best. Blah, blah, blah. That's the best date for us to bring the game that we think is going to meet or exceed our player expectations and cover the breadth and scale of what we want in the game. We're trying to build a very immersive college football experience. Holt did share a number of features coming to college football, though, confirming that fan favorites Dynasty Mode and Road to Glory would return, letting players lead a school's entire football program and single athlete's career, respectively. Another quote, Dynasty was on top of everyone's mind, on top of everyone's list, Holt said. That's been something that I think we are passionately focused on and want to make sure that we get that as right as possible for year one. 
with still foundational elements to build on as we go forward. Finally revealed that over 120 colleges will be featured in the game. Is this the first game in this series? Because I feel like Dynasty and Road to whatever was like a... Wasn't that a soccer game? Well, no. Well, I'm thank, glad you asked, Chad. I don't remember. It might have been Smitty. Maybe it was someone else. Someone in the group was hyped for college football because we haven't had a college football game since 2014, which is the last time we got one. So it will be a 10-year gap between our college football games. Um, yes, and Dynasty mode and Road to Glory was in those old games. I think so they're also similar modes. Years? It, it's been 10 years? It will have been 10 years, yes. Damn. Like, remember whenever I did the thing on my computer, which was totally legal, and I played uh, uh, college football? Uh, 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 that uh, was the uh, 2014 yeah. version that's totally just been updated. Highly Gashiza. Yeah. And it's a big it, well, deal because... You had the physical well, version because Time Capsule in Rhode mm -hmm. Island sold you it, and it was just busted. Absolutely. Yeah, it just didn't work, you know? Time yeah. Capsule, those guys. Uh, no, it's a big deal. Um, people are very excited. College football is a beloved game. People liked it more than Madden in my circles. Um, and they're able to do it back now because I think they had to stop doing it because there was like a deal with like, you couldn't pay college athletes back in the day. And they're like, that guy looks a lot like the college football player, but he doesn't have his name. And there was a lot of weird stuff. So, but now you can get around the NCAA and just pay people directly. So it's coming back. And also this shows you how little stories we had this week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, that's it. That's all of our stories. So it's time for our Super Chad, I was really concerned there for a second that you were breaking down. I was concerned that we were going to have to call the Imagineers to repair the Disney robot. <laughs> Get that Jack Black robot out of there. Uh, excuse me, not Jack Black. Johnny Depp, who's Jack Sparrow. I say Jack Sparrow is Jack Black once a week. I'm not kidding. Uh, but today, in this segment from Adam, we're going to play a little game called The Question Game. Is it like Jeopardy? Yep. Oh! Uh, <laughs> and this week, we're going to do holiday-themed question game. Is nice. it like Jeopardy? Yep, it is. Uh, so this is <laughs> like holiday... That's the subtitle. Question game, is it like Jeopardy? Yep. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, so we have four categories, five questions apiece. And to make it... Guys, last time we did this, you guys struggled a bit. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I've taken that into account. It's a little bit easier, and the points are, e are much easier. Now it's okay. one through five, one point, two point, three point. Okay. The math should be I, I'll actually keep track of that this time then. Keep track of your scores. Of and these me, should yeah. be so much easier, guys. So much easier. Uh, I'm going to need Cozy, since you're the guest, give me heads or tails. Tails. It is tails, so you get to go first. Um, yeah. So, and I will tell you what these categories mean instead of just, well, I have the clever thing, but I also want to tell you what they are. So, our four categories, again, one through five in difficulty. Too little, too late. Is the first one. That's games nominated for game awards that released in holiday of the year prior. Oh. Too Smash little Bros. too late. Shit, why did I say that? <laughs> well, <laughs> the Big L Part 2 license game that features a holiday theme. So a game that's a license features a holiday theme. Okay. Uh, Dreaming of a White Christmas. Games that feature the white powder. This is what I wrote specifically. Basically, games that snow, have snow, cocaine, snow, snow. Okay. In them. And then December's best, which are games on the MPD list in December. Okay. So those are your four categories. What do you want to go with first, and what point value? Uh, let's go with the big L for. Okay. Uh, what are the numerical amount? Uh, One, two, three, four, five. Okay, got it. Uh, let's go for three. The big L 
for number three. Okay, this superhero game shows up. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. This super this superhero <laughs> game shows us the beginnings of many classic characters in this popular DC franchise. This superhero game shows us the beginnings of many classic characters in this DC franchise. And then you just say the answer and then you know how Jeopardy works. We don't have buzzers, whatever. I, I know how it works. I'm just racking my brain to get this one because it should be. It's a DC game. I should know this. I'm guessing, Chad, you don't know it. Uh, so you just timed well, out Chad, I the just, opportunity to steal, right? Uh, I was going to no, say, you, you, it's you, you, can, you can just buzz in an point, answer, right? Oh, shit balls, that's fucked damn hell, bitch. Okay. Did you have, a, you have an idea? Did you actually have an idea uh, before? Batman Arkham City? Ooh, negative three points. Sorry, Chad. Negative? We go Arkham. negatives? Oh, that's right. Yeah, damn that's it. Jeopardy. It's Arkham Origins. No, that's Origins. the one that I stopped playing. Beginnings oh, really? of classic characters in this DC franchise. Oh, Arkham wow. Origins, guys. Also takes place at Christmas is the big one. <laughs> Remember, these are licensed games, uh, the future yeah. holiday theme. Anyways, that's right, that's go right. ahead. Uh, Alex, you go again. Uh, let's go with uh, the snow one for okay. two. Dreaming of a white Christmas for two. Ba -ba -ba -ba. All right. This sports game is named after a math equation. The lies um, of pie. <laughs> Negative two points, Alex. God, are these it's still actually, that hard? It's not even. Uh, I thought it was the lies of pie. It's not even that. It's the lies of p. No i after the p. <laughs> Again, that's not out yet, and does not happen in wintertime. I mean, we don't. Uh, we don't know about that. It could yeah, take place, you know, in a snowy environment. But Chad, I'll, I'll take the last. The loss. Um, yeah, you can steal. You can try, or you want to let it go. Uh, by fag. No, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Get what? Points. No, okay. no. It's ten eighty snowboarding, guys. Oh. oh. Okay. Uh, Alex, you can go again because the chat still hasn't gotten one right. Uh, what was the second category again? Uh, the big L. The big L. Oops, I meant I, I thought the big L was the first one. What is no? The first, the first one? one is too little, too late. Games too were nominated little, for late. Game Awards released in the holiday prior. Gotcha. Uh, let's go with that one for one. Too little, too late. This popular fighter was up for overall game of the year, and house parties rejoiced. Super Smash say, Bros. Uh, Ultimate. There you go. One point for Chad. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say two, the, the PlayStation one, but that one came out in the middle of the year. So Also not dominated for game of the year awards. <laughs> These are the Keeley Awards specifically, oh. of course, speaking of. Keeley! Um, I'm going to go with Big L for 200. All right, Big L for two points. This exclusive game features the superior character in the franchise. Exclusive game, superior character in the franchise. Takes place during a holiday and it's a uh, licensed Spider video Miles game. Spider-Man Miles Morales. All right, Chad, you got it first. Two points yeah. for Chad. Yeah. Guys, remember, these zero. are all holiday themed. They're holiday themed. <laughs> games. Come on, guys. All right, Chad, one more. We're going to go Big L for one. Big L for one. All right. An NES game featuring, featuring a very popular child actor. Home Alone. There you go. One point for Chad. Bam. In the positives, baby. Just watched that movie today, actually. We're going to go uh, Big go L for four? Four. Yep. <laughs> this off-putting movie inspired this game that takes place on a mode of transportation. This off-putting movie inspired this game that takes place on a mode of transportation. Five, four, three, two, one. Polar Express. For the GameCube. I was, I was thinking that, but I didn't really think it was a game. Okay. There's a there Polar Express a Polar game Express on the GameCube. Game? 
Did they use the same like live action like mocap technology <laughs> for that one? It's very gross. Yes, all of it is gross. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't play the game. I just saw it on a list. Uh, Chad, give me another right, guess. Big L for five, baby. Big L for five. All right. Uh, the film the game is based on is a John Favreau Xmas classic. Elf. Ooh, five points for Cozy Damn. Bear. Damn, there's an elf there's game. There's an elf really? game on the Game Boy Advanced. Oh my god. Yeah, I was real concerned for a second that I was going to have to guess like, all right, you got the name of the movie right, but the game has like a subtitle. Like it's called yeah. like Elf, like Trouble in Toyland or whatever. No, no, no. That's why I didn't pick. There was a Santa Claus, you know, Tim Allen one that was like Tim Allen were fucking killing people or something. It had a weird Jesus name. So I was I just going to guess that Iron Man 3, but then I remembered he only directed the first one. Shane Black. There yeah. you go. That is a Christmas movie. In, yeah, I know. You know yeah. Yeah. Kid and yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, goes. You get a pick again. A big L is gone, by the way. All right. Okay. Uh, let's go with the snow one for one. All right. Dreaming of a white Christmas. I need you to say it from now on. Um, <laughs> come, <laughs> come, swing a sword and cast magic in this redneck redneck mountain town. Swing a sword and cast magic in this redneck magic town or mountain town. Redneck mountain town. Excuse me. Five, four, three, two, one. Southwest right. truth, guys. Oh, in this poor dog redneck mountain town. Come on. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. Okay. All I was right. like, Morrowind? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess there's snow. All right. Uh, uh, Cozy, one the, more. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I apologize, Adam. The snow one for three. <laughs> Dreaming of a white Christmas for <laughs> how many points? Three. For three. All right. Dreaming of a white Christmas for three. Um, one of the best remakes in recent history, this game toned down the over-the-top player deaths of the original. One of the best remakes in recent history, this game toned down the over-the-top player deaths of the original. It's a game that takes place, and there's a lot of snow. Five, four, three, two, one. Rise of the Tomb Raider. I didn't Wait. play it. Remake? Is that a Christmas? Well, that... that Trilogy is a remake of Tomb Raider. Uh, oh, I didn't know that was a remake. I, I was under the impression that they were just like a reimagined reboot. My uh, bad. I guess reboot games. would be right. Yeah. Would you have guessed it if I said no, reboot? I would not. <laughs> oh, I guess I did play uh, I mean, Rise as well. I didn't play Shadow. Yeah, I mean the the whole thing about the like death animations being toned down was something that did evoke Tomb Raider. But I mean, it. it, it I have not played the older Tomb Raider games prior to the 2013 remake, but I was always of the impression that the death animations in the newer Tomb Raider games were way more hardcore than anything yes, in, in the, the, the prior first games. one. But in Rise, they toned it down because the first one was fucking over the top. Okay. But that's fine. It was a bad question. Okay. You get to continue to ask it. <laughs> so go right ahead. <laughs> All right. Adam, I'm choosing Dreaming of a White Christmas for four. For four, thank you for getting it correct. This sports game placed a major emphasis on changing season, one including winter. What is Forza Horizon five? Ooh, that's incorrect. Give yourself minus four. Do you God have a guess? Damn it. Forza. Are you gonna let it go. Horizon four. Give yourself four points, buddy. God damn yeah. it. I hate my life. Uh, honestly, the the only thing the the only thing that made me think it was Forza Horizon Four is so I was like, oh, there are four seasons, Forza Horizon Four. There we go. <laughs> they were all about the weather in that one. I, there are seasons in five, but they put a really big emphasis on in four. Um, 
All right, your choice again, Cozy. What is the name of the last category? Okay. December's best games on the MPD list in December. Uh, let's go with that one for two. Okay. I'm going to tell you the place of it and the year. And of course, you know, these are in December. And then I'll tell you the place, the year, and then give you the clue. So this was number 10 in, 20, in 2019. One of Xbox's first big purchases, this massively popular game continues to sell well to this day. Minecraft. There you go. Give yourself two points. Damn. Yay. Right. Uh, I'm going to go with December's best for three points. All right. Uh, this was number two in 2017. Microtransaction issues aside, this game clearly was a hit. Battlefront 2. There you go. Give yourself three points, Chad. <laughs> you Back get to zero. Guess. <laughs> Even Steven. <laughs> So that's your, your guess. You've got one left in Dreaming of White Christmas, oh, shit, a couple. Uh, yeah, let's do that December whatever. Uh, uh -huh. What's what's in December? One, four, and five. Uh, sorry, December's what's the name best. of the category? I'm going to say it. Okay, December's best for four, please. For four. All right. <laughs> I love that you picked this. Um, it was number seven in 2018. This game may be a thorn in Chad's side, but people love this sports game as much as Americans adore the sport itself. Madden NFL. <laughs> Twen what was the year? That it, that this 2018, December 2018. 2019. Madden NFL 19. Give yourself four points, Chad. Yeah. This was, so hold on. I'm not familiar with this piece of lore. Why was this a thorn in Chad's side? Because Every time we do your game, Chad just doesn't know anything about the Madden sports oh, games and just throws them out. And, got you know, it. Got it. He, yeah. It's, it was very specifically written for Chad. Uh, Chad, one uh, more. Let's do December for five. Okay. Uh, this was number nine in the year 2020. This game was very influenced by a, a previous Game of the Year winner, but its gods and monsters have had their own flavor. Immortals this game Phoenix was very influenced... Rising? Oh, there you go. Give yourself five points. Immortals Plugged Phoenix by. Rising, which is like Breath of the Wild, but better, a lot of people would say, including Adam. Uh, go ahead, Kelsey. <laughs> You're on the list. Uh, let's go with December's best for one. For one. All right. Uh, this was number three in 2021. This remake didn't run like poop, What? but wasn't necessarily a critical Brilliant hit Diamond for the world. There you go. You said it before I finished, but you got it correct. Yeah. Give yourself one point, Chad. Also one that I obviously thought that Cozy would get, but Chad got there before I could. Uh, all right, Chad, go ahead. You're up. You've got uh, a couple left and too little too late and one left in the big L. Uh, let's go Big L for what? 100? Five. Five. Big L for 500. All this right. is licensed game that takes place in a holiday, right? This is licensed games that, uh, wait a minute. No, excuse me. I misrespect. Dreaming of a White Christmas is the one that's left. Oh, but for five. gotcha. No, I don't want to do that one. Let's do the first okay. category. Uh, too little, too, too late. Too late for what, what numbers are left there? Everything but one. Let's do too little, too late for two. Too little too late for two. This game featured a techno world, but had techno issues for some at launch. Cyberpunk 2077. Give yourself two points, bud. Ha-ha! <laughs> Let's do that same category for three. Too little too late. All right. This contender is canon in a very popular franchise. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. There you go. Give yourself three points, uh, Cozy. Nice. There we go. All right. So there are two left in Too Little Too Late and one left in Dreaming of a White Christmas. Just for a heads up. 
Uh, let's go with one in dreaming of a white Christmas. All right, so it's actually for five points, but that's the only one left. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> uh, remember, dreaming of white Christmas games that feature white powder, specifically. <laughs> it's, it's snow. Um, this reimagined horror classic was a hit when it initially launched on the Wii. Uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Ooh, give yourself five points. Man. You this is, boy. What happens, <laughs> this is what happens when half your bookshelf full of video games in my background are Wii games. Do you have <laughs> Shattered Memories back there? I actually don't think I do, which is weird. Yeah, so I probably should. We're down to, yeah, we're down to the wire, guys. There's four points and five points left and too little too late. What are your scores right now, just so I can know? Chad, stop uh, Alex, what's yours? Touch. And then I'll, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I believe I am 22. Oh, I'm at 23. Oh, oh it's close. No, I'm at seven. Literally... <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm at seven points. A lot of wrong answers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that happens. Uh, all right. So too little, too late. Uh, cozy, go. Uh, sorry, what are the numbers available? Four and five. Uh, let's go at four. All right. This game is described as a boy tour, the anime. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. There you go. Here's the four more points. I just wanted to say boy tour boy very tour. badly, and it worked. All right, so there's one left. This is uh, too little too late for five points. This is the whole thing. Chad, you can come back. Yep, you're you right. This one. You're right. <laughs> this artistic indie was reviewed on Respawn Aim Fire. Artistic indie reviewed on Respawn Aim Fire. Gree? There you go. Give yourself uh, 20 points, Chad. Yeah, I'm at 27, maybe. Wow. Well, how many are you at, Cozy? 26. <laughs> oh, actually, Chad, it's only it's only 18 points. You can't bad. take it back. You can't no, take it back. No, it's 18 points. Damn it. Okay, right, it's Adam, 18. Did, you, did you seriously not know? Did you not realize that you were going to just give Chad the victory with that? No, I tried to get him one point beneath you. That's what I actually just tried to do. Oh, uh, gotcha. Well, it worked. So Chad has one less than you. Sorry, but you got close, Chad. You came back. I did. I did. And Thank that you is, for uh, inspiring me. Yeah, that's our holiday-themed question game that's just like Jeopardy. Yep. Dope. Thank you for that segment from Adam. It's time for Game on Game Show. The Game on our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game <sighs> Show. On a Game Show. Game, 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 game. Folks, we've got a returning segment called Games Gone Wild. Ooh, Ooh. Urban Edition. <laughs> we don't want wild games. We want to see the transition. It's important to see the games gone wild. Here's what Urban Edition means. Normally, I take a game, and I run it through a thesaurus, and you have to try to guess what the result, like what the original game is based on the result. Oh, boy. I discovered a website called Urban Thesaurus, which is the Urban, Urban Dictionary version of a thesaurus. Um, so here's how this works. It's a similar concept, except for there are now two clues. So I will give you the Urban Thesaurus result, which is very difficult. It's basically hard mode of this game. Mm. If you somehow guess it, you get three points for that. If you can't guess it after that, then I will give you the regular thesaurus version, and that gives you one point. Gotcha. I have gone through, I, I tried as much as possible to pick like one of the most popular thesaurus uh, things on urbanthesaurus.com, obviously making sure that I filtered out anything that I knew was blatantly a racial slur or homophobic or anything like that. Yeah. If I've missed something and I say something that is very offensive, I'm sorry, I am ignorant of it. I I think all of these are safe. But again, I don't know what all of them mean. 
Although I've clicked on a lot of definitions and they're very fun. All right. So here's, here's the theme for this one. It's Urban Edition, but the theme is all of these games came out this year, but are mm. not going to be Game of the Year contenders. Gotcha. Sonic mm. Frontiers. Who knows? All right. First sorry, one. Guys. Swayze, Peckerhead, Akihabara. <laughs> Peckerhead, Akihabara. The Urban Thesaurus. Nope. Swayze, Peckerhead, Akihabara. I'm going to need the basic ass first. Can, can, we just, can we guess as many times as we want yeah, to? Yeah, there's, there's no okay. penalty for guessing multiple times. Persona 5? No, no. And Alex, actually, don't. I don't know if you've played this game before. So it's like these words will oh. translate to a regular word in the game. Um, like a dragon. No, although although Yakuza like guess. a dragon is what I meant to say. No, okay. Here is the regular thesaurus, non non urban thesaurus one. Phantom Strand, capital city. What? Ghostwire Tokyo. It is Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo. That is correct. There Again, we go. the urban one makes a lot of sense now. Swayze, Peckerhead, Akihabara. Apparently, Peckerhead means wire. Um. All right, that is one point for Alex. Uh, you all keep track of your points. Mm-hmm. Here's the next one. Boing loins. <laughs> Boing loins trequel. <laughs> so it's Boing a three. loins trequel. Boing loins. It's a three unless unless its subtitle has something to do with threes uh, or treacly things or trees as in the plant uh trequel is spelled t-r-e-q-u-a-l if that's helpful yeah boing loins trequel i give up i have no fucking idea i know it's something three i don't know what boing loins is that's what's getting me all right here's the regular thesaurus wet work threesome wet work wet work xenoblade chronicles three no? No. That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wet work. Wet work. Threesome. It's that wet work part. The boy boy loins or whatever is getting me. I, I have no <laughs> <Boing> idea. Loins. <laughs> whatever that word was. I'm, I'm just I, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of wet work games. And I know there's that one part in Metal Gear Solid 5 where they're like the world calls for wet work. And we answer the call or, or something like that. But that was this is this but, year though, is the only problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's not been a there's not been a Metal Gear, a proper Metal Gear game in quite some time. I don't know. All right. The answer is Hitman Trilogy. Mm. Uh, Hitman Trilogy. Uh, work. It's in the game. Boing loins. Right. What does that mean? Boing, I have no word. idea what Boing Loins is. <laughs> it's a Hitman. <laughs> I, I searched huh? Hitman and Urban Thesaurus and Boing Loins came up. Boing Loins. All right. All right. So this one. I couldn't choose between which thesaurus words that I wanted, so I actually have two clues for the urban thesaurus if you don't get the first one, just because they're both great. The Color 7 Starcraft. The Color 7 Starcraft. Hmm. I mean... I don't know what these kids are saying these days, you know? Here's a further definition to help you out. I looked up what the color seven means, 
It comes in three sizes. Oh no, I can't. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that, or else it'll give it away. Here's the second urban thesaurus. This yeah, is please. unrelated to the first one, other than that they translate to the same thing. Ball penis bust a move. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. It's I, it's something dance. Something with dancing, but I don't know what it would be. Just ball dance. penis bust a move. <laughs> Bust a Move is a video game series in of its own. Yeah. It is also slang for this word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All Ooh, right, yeah. moving on to the regular one. Adultery Blueprint. Escape Plan? No, no. Adultery Blueprint. Uh... Chad, I'm having a real rough day, bud. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> All right. This game is Triangle Strategy. Mm. Legit, you look mm. up triangle in a regular thesaurus, all the results are sexual. All of them. Adultery, Rip. infidelity. It's like, For the record, the game I was thinking of was not Escape Plan. I was thinking of Escape Academy. Academy. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's some fun things. This year. The definition of the color seven is it comes in three sizes, small and triangle. And then, <laughs> I know, makes no mm. sense. Ball uh -huh. penis is the triangle comprising your balls, your penis, and your anus, also called the mm. ball penis triangle. Yeah, all the, everyone knows that. All the kids say that. Nowadays. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, here's, a, here's another good one. <laughs> Titter Tots 30 Rocks Origin, or Oregon. <laughs> Sorry, let me say that again. Titter Tots 30 Rocks Oregon. So Oregon is in the state of these great 50 United States of America. It is the state of this 50 states of the United States of America, and it is slang for the final word in this in this video game title. Titter -tots, tots, huh? 30 Rocks, Oregon. <laughs> 30 Just... Rocks is possessive, if that's helpful. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I know what it is. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idea. <laughs> I got nothing, Adam. All right, so regular I don't think one. I'm going to sing one of these urban ones. Let's be honest. This is the regular thesaurus. Insignificant Christine's Beauty Country. I, you know, nothing. No, insignificant Christine's Beauty Country. Uh huh. Something, something, America. I would assume, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Fucking. And the game is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. How's Oregon Wonderland? Okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a land that is wonderful and uncorruptible. Um, that's it. All right. Uh, so no one gets a point for that right now. Adams, or Alex is winning, right? With one with point. One point. One point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got what four left. Four left. Uh, here we go. This you're not going to get this one. Until like oh maybe maybe on the regular thesaurus, but the urban thesaurus says Dick Cheney Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The regular definition, if that doesn't help you, is Satan can't die. Uh hmm. 
Satan can't die. Satan can't Diablo die. Diablo Immortal. It is Diablo Immortal. Ah, Two points yeah. for Alex. Dick Cheney's Total. the devil, huh? Yeah, Dick Cheney comes up when you search devil. And Jamie, I guess, is someone who's so important that they are immortal. They can't die. All right. All right. Uh, three left. You still have a chance, Adam. Mm-hmm. This one is Riddy Fuck 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 a Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> Riddy, fuck, fuck, fuck a duck. I feel like I'm listening to trap music, but like mumble trap music, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. The regular definite or the regular thesaurus says spirits paddle. Hmm. Spirits ghost. paddle. Ghost. Ghost. Ghost spank. Let's try to think of paddle as a verb. Ghost whooping. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Chad. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I'm not very good today. Oh, Saints oh. Row. Yes, at a Saints Row. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like paddling, rowing. Gotcha. All Apparently, right. Riddy is the patron saint of something sexual. Mm. And fuck, fuck, fuck a duck is an allegory for row, row, row your boat. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck a duck. All right. Screw I get a kangaroo. It. Yeah. yeah. Game, 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 Something, something, zoo. All I'm right, last two. Last two. Yeah. Here's one that is uh, a bloated urban thesaurus one. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. And then I yeah I don't I don't know if you're gonna get this one, but it's just fun to say. All right, the urban thesaurus says, "Can't even blaze it up, crap colon, keep it bowling, other other white meat." <laughs> uh I mean, I'm gonna say. You know, Crystal Chronicles, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. no none of that. Citizen right. Sleeper. Nope. All right, let's if go to the... If you got that, I would literally turn off the podcast right now <laughs> and just leave. The regular thesaurus says, Perishing Candle Again, colon, Halt Person. Uh, uh, uh. Perishing Candle Again, colon, Halt Person. Something to... Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. Stop, mm -hmm. man. Stop people. Mm-hmm. Something two. What are twos again? I don't all the games that came out this year have immediately left my fucking brain. I have again, no, Adam, they're not I know what it is. Adam, I know what it is. Uh-huh. Chad, am I allowed to give him a hint? I mean, sure, it is a competition, but sure. He won't win with this. He does have a chance to tie though with the next one if he gets it. Oh yeah, of course. This is a game that hint? Yeah. Came out more in the first ish half of the year. And you are correct that it is a sequel. Yeah. And you are correct. <laughs> what is the game, Alex? It's Dying Light 2. Stay Human. Dying Light 2. Stay Human. Uh, Can't even got the subtitle. Blaze it up. Crap. Like crap is a number two. Mm -hmm. Keep it bowling is stay. Like, keep it bowling. <laughs> other other white meat is human. <laughs> the other white meat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. The final yeah, one. Final one. This one you might get. You might get the um, the urban version of this. Again, this is another early release this year. Something that was real big for a second went out. 
LeVar Burton washboard, colon, shart. LeVar <laughs> <laughs> Burton washboard? LeVar Burton washboard, colon, shart. LeVar uh, Burton. Uh-huh. All right, moving on to the regular... Uh, thesaurus. Prism. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Prism Hex Withdrawal. Prism Hex Withdrawal. You, cozy? you might think about Hex as like a prefix for Hexagon, maybe. Prism yeah. Hexagon Withdrawal. Chad, brain's empty, bud. No one to tell you. That is Rainbow Six Extraction. LeVar oh. Burton washboard shart. LeVar <laughs> Burton because yeah. of reading Rainbow, right? Yep. Washboard yeah. abs, six abs, uh. shart. Which extracting poop from your fart, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, the shart's an extraction. That's a Chad. So, I, I, even though I did very bad, I'm glad you educated me on the urban the source. Yeah. yeah. And everyone now knows what a ball penis is. And Titter Tots 30 Rocks, Oregon. <laughs> that was my, like, Titter Tots 30 Rocks was one of That's my favorites. One. They rhyme, too. Yeah. That's it for Game On Game Show. And that is it for episode 285 of Respawn Aim Fire. 284? 285. Nope. Yeah, I've not updated it, so it, it's 285. 285. 55. Um, you have homework. You always do. You silly animal. You go to patreon.com slash respawning fire. You get some dope wallpapers. You go support us. You vote on things. It is, uh, we're only a few weeks away from starting to vote on January barf polls. So get yourself ready for that. Which games you want us to play from our backlogs or from retro consoles, etc. Uh, if you would like to be part of our game of the year discussion, we have just now set a date two weeks from today as we are recording, which is the 11th, I think we decided. It was December yep, 11th. December 11th. <laughs> If you were listening to this and you would like to be involved in our December 11th Game of the Year episode, let us know. Head over, send us a DM on Twitter, at Respawning Fire. We will, I have not talked to them about this, but we will reach out to everyone who did respond and say, hey, we have a date and time now. Yeah? Yep. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <clears throat> I think that's it. That's all, that's all the stuff we got. Thanks for sticking around today in the light news week. Two big games. Pretty good stuff. Uh, oh, speaking of Barf Game of the Year games, so normally, Barf, you would vote for what game you want us to play from our backlogs. This time, it's all around Game of the Year talk. So, uh, as Adam mentioned, he beat Sifu, which is what you wanted him to play. I'm in the middle of playing that, which is what you wanted me to play. Alex is playing Sonic Frontiers. Did you beat it, Alex, or are you just in the middle of it right now? I am still in the middle of it. We are playing these games to make sure that we are considering them for Game of the Year when that comes around in two weeks. And that's it. Thank you, Alex, for joining us as a RAF regular again this week. Where can people find you, you in case they would like to continue to consume your face and voice? Yum, 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 Ooh. Yum. The uh, other, of other course, you can find me over on twitch.tv slash live. Uh, my Pokemon Platinum run ended in failure, but the <gasps> silver lining to this is I'm going to spend the next month in some change uh, playing Game of the Year 2022 contenders on stream. So if you want to see what I think of Sifu, you should probably tune into my next stream or so for that. Uh, and you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina until it goes asunder. And you can find me on Hive at Cozy Bear, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R. Very nice. You know, I find it difficult to tell the difference between 
the color silver and the color platinum. Uh, get it because they're both Pokemon games. That's it, everyone. Thanks for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. Kadoodaloodaloo. Kadoodaloodaloo.